here's my the goal that the Lord said, this is what you need to do. You just need to light a fire under everybody this morning and give them a vision for revival. So, Lord, I pray that you would light a fire in all of us. Use me to speak to your church, God. Holy Spirit, come. Come and speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Okay. I believe God is reviving us as a people, and he, he is calling us to believe that he can move here. He can move here. And when I say here, it's, it's not just um, four square. It, but it's going to be, he's, he's moving in our city. And when, he, the word revival, how many of you have heard that word before? It gets thrown around in the Christian circles and churches and stuff. Revival, yes, begins within us. But revival is not just this little sprinkle of, of God's, of his, of his power. It's not even um, a bucket of it. It's a flood. Revival is a flood. And when revival hits, things radically change. When revival hit, when, 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 when the, the disciples were, were preaching, and they were preaching in Ephesus, there was this God. And it was, um, what was the, the woman's name? It starts with a D, huh? Diana. The goddess Diana. The people in Ephesus worshiped this goddess. The people in the world worshiped this goddess. And all of a sudden, God's people came and they began to speak the truth, and people were being saved. And so all this, this money, all this time, these things that were being invested into these businesses of these men and women, these, these, these family businesses, began to lose money. They began to lose out on all the things they were getting from people worshiping these other gods. And then what happens is, this is what happens when revival hits. I want to give you a picture of it. Because it's not just a sprinkle. When revival hit, these, these owners who, who had all this material goods, they began to bring it all and throw it in the middle of the city and burn it. And let me just read you here where, what we're talking about. Because it says... Go to Acts 19, and I'm sorry, because Richie's going to be just kind of going with me, because I'm just pulling up different notes here. The Lord's been speaking. It's Acts 19, verse 18 through 20, and this is in the New King James Version. Listen, if you don't have your Bible, you can listen. I'm going to speak it. It says, and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Okay, so all these people were feeling the conviction of the Lord. They were feeling like, well, you know what, Ugh. We need to confess our sins because this is the real deal. Much like what was happening this morning. And then he says, also, many of those who practice magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. So revival, imagine, the, imagine Las Vegas today. Imagine all the casino owners, the bar owners, everyone who's making money and doing wicked things. They come and they bring all the stuff and they bring it to the middle of the city and they say, let's burn it. That's revival. That's what happens when God gets a hold of people. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are. But, and then look what it says. And then he says, and they counted up the value of them, and it totals 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. 50,000 pieces of silver. This is the, the word that's, that's, that's used here is it's this actual word. It actually, it's, it's equivalent to a day's wages for us. 
So a day's wages times 50,000. Someone do the math. It's about $7 billion, right? Over $7 billion was thrown away like that. What would happen if when the Lord just began to, to tug on your heart, you said, I'm all in? You know what would happen, I believe? We'd begin to throw out our computers and our phones and the things that distract us. People will begin to knock, just hammer out their TVs. And they say, I'm going to actually pick up the word. That's what, that, no, that, that's what happens. Because revi- when revival hits, there's a focus on the one thing. And that's Jesus. When Peter was speaking to the people in Acts 2, it says he was speaking to them. And the words that he was speaking cut their heart. Acts 2.37, it says the words that they were speaking cut their heart. I'm going to ask you, when was the last time you were cut by the Lord? When was the last time you were actually stirred? You were uncomfortable. You were wrecked. Your sleep was disrupted because the Lord was beginning to speak to you. That's what he does during revival. He's, call, he's calling us to have a vision for that. But it, and it begins with the hunger. And I, we said this a couple weeks ago. Maybe you're not hungry, but you step into a, an environment where there's hungry people. Guess what? You begin to desire the things that other people desire. But God wants to cut us today. He wants to mark us. He wants to give us a vision for revival. He wants to awaken. The, the, you may not even dream and hope, and you don't even know. You're just like, I'm just trying to make my money. I'm just trying to get married and have kids, and I'm just trying to, to live my life. And God wants to awaken his dream inside you. And his dream is to see all people come to know him. There was this man named William J. Seymour. Who knows him? He was, anybody? That name sound familiar? He was the man who began, it was the Azusa Street Revival. And he, he it was interesting about this man. He was a black man who was actually deaf in his ears. And he was, he was falling under the teaching of another man who was white, but at the time there was a Jim Crow law, so he couldn't, he couldn't, sometimes, he couldn't enter into the building where his, the guy who was mentoring him was teaching and preaching. And this man, was pre- his, his mentor was preaching on the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was talking about the Holy Spirit just coming and resting on people. And for 30 days, he would listen in on the door. He would, he, he would listen and, and with one ear. And he would hear, because the other ear he couldn't, and he would just listen. And then after the 30 days, without being in the service, without anybody telling him, he said, this is the real deal. God wants to move like this. So him and a couple friends, about eight friends, started to get together. And they met in a room. And that's when the Holy Spirit came down, and a bunch of people began experiencing him. But what I want to say is that God is looking for a people who would actually turn their ear Lean into what he's doing and saying and, f- and wholeheartedly run after him. He's looking for people who would churn their ear. What, what happens, though, is sometimes we hear it in our hearts before we see it with our eyes. Wow. Elijah said, God's bringing rain. And he sends his servant, go. And his servant says, comes back. He says, there's no rain. He says, go again. Because why? He heard it in his heart. And after the seventh time, he comes back, he says, there's a cloud the size of a hand. 
And he says, that's it. And the, the little, the little that God is doing, it is going to turn into the thunderstorm. The little rain, the little drops will turn into thunderstorms. And we have to catch this. We have to catch this. This is what he says, Zechariah 10.1. I'm just going to read it because Richie, Richie's doing an awesome job. He always keeps up. He's quick. Zechariah 10.1. It says, ask the Lord for, the, for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Ask. It's a seasoned church. We, it, it's, it's, it's available. He's saying, are you going to ask? Here I am. I stand at the door knocking. Who's going to let me in? Who's going to ask? Would we be so bold to ask for something like that to hit our city? What would that look like? Be honest, though, because it's kind of scary because it might ruin our plans. It might, it might ruin our career. It might ruin even what it would look like for us to raise a family. But when we come with the, the Spirit is saying, come. The Spirit and the bride, they say, come. Right now, we're, when you think about what God is doing, it's like if we're on a, a, a treadmill and we're going, we're going at a, like a, um, a speed of two. And God is, he's saying, get ready. You're tired now? We're about to ramp this up. We're going to be at a 10 soon. That's what he's saying. Look what he says in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 12, 5, he says, if you have run with the footmen and they had we- have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted, there you wearied, it wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? Read it in the New Living Translation. Makes a little bit more sense for our English language. But it's saying basically, if you're racing against men and you're tired, how will you do when, you, when the horses come out? If you're going against men and you're tired right now and you're weary, how will you do when the horses come? If you're running on open ground, what's going to happen when there's, when there's things that come up? How will you do in the thickets near the Jordan? This is what the Lord said, Jose, uh, Hosea 10, 12. <laughs> We're going to get a Spanish service coming at 1230. <laughs> Hosea 10, 12. Stay with me. Write these down, please. Go meditate on them. It says, sow for yourselves righteousness. What was Pastor Kenzie saying this morning? It's time that we elevate. We confess our sins. He's, we're, we're actually stepping into a greater reality of, of, of being holy before the Lord. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. Till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Plow it out. You know why the farmers weren't working this week? It was too cold. The ground was too hard. It was frozen. It was rocky. He's saying plow up those areas. Get it ready. Get it ready for the harvest. 
your heart, the hardness in your heart, the areas of hate, hatred, greed, pride. Get rid of it. We must repent in our hearts and begin to ask for more of God. We ask you, Lord, for rain. In a season where we, we're asking the Lord to come, the first invitation is, is coming back to his feet. What does that mean? We see in Luke 10, the story of, of Mary and Martha. And Jesus says, Martha, you're distracted by all these things. And Mary has chosen the good portion to sit and listen. We can be doing so much and yet be missing the one thing. And the reason why Jesus tells Martha this is because he goes, in love, he says, look at your, your sister who's chosen the one thing that won't leave her looking for more. You can serve in church. You can volunteer for the Harvest Fest and VBS and in Sunday school and all that, and that is amazing. But God's calling us back to his feet. He's calling us back to seek him. When you sit at his feet, you hear his voice. When I'm close to someone, I can actually hear and perceive what, what, what they desire, their dreams. If we would get to the feet of Jesus, we would know what he's longing for. And it's not for bigger churches. It's for bigger people. It's not, it's not for, for more. It's, it's not. It's not to see just something spectacular happen in man's doing. It's for true change. It's for lives to be transformed. It's for families to be restored. That's a vision for revival. That's what happens when revival hits. There's so much joy that comes from sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I want to warn you, because I want to challenge you as a church, every single one of us, I want this to be our challenge this week. Find a time and a place and get alone with God. Find a time on your calendar and a place where you can get alone and you can just speak to him. No, no, let me, let me rephrase that. Before you do anything, listen. It's a, prayer is, is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. And we listen before we speak. He teaches us how to pray. Last week we talked about intercession, interceding on the behalf of others. We intercede for our, for our city, for our nation, for, the, for our families. And I believe God is beginning a work that starts back at his feet. From the ground up, he's building it. And as we sit, 
I want to warn you, though, because when you, when you go and you find the time and the place, and don't just, I'm, I'm, I'm really serious. Look at your calendar. If you have to knock something off, if you have to wake up earlier, do it. Find a time and find a place. And let me warn you, when you find the time and when you find the place, like never before, you're going to have your phone ringing. You're going to have so many thoughts come to your mind. All the things that you, you never even think about when you're just going day to day, all of a sudden are flooding your mind. And they're not even bad things. They're probably things you put off and you need to do. So write them down and get back to business and just focus your attention on the Lord and sit at his feet. But he's calling us back. He's calling us back to the simplicity of the gospel. Mary understood this one thing. And Jesus says, for the rest of eternity, this woman will be spoken about. When you get to heaven, there's going to be people whispering and saying, that's her right there. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one who gave an offering to the Lord, who sat at his feet. When we pray, he says, I w- <laughs> Jesus, when we pray, Luke 11, the disciples, out of all the things they saw Jesus do, they saw him do miracles, they saw him heal the blind, cast out demons. He destroyed demons. You want to talk about deliverance ministry? It's Jesus. All these things. This is what he did. He walked around doing good, healing all who were sick. And of all these things, the disciples, they witnessed what he, what he was like at the night. They witnessed the one thing, and they asked him about that, and it was his prayer life. And they asked him, teach us to pray. Ian Bounds, he says something. He says, it was worth for God to send his son from heaven to earth just to teach us to pray. It was worth it. And this is when he says, and when you pray, he says, say, our Father who are in heaven, hallowed be your name. The Father, heaven, who is holy. Begin there. Begin there. Look up. My Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You are holy. You know why so many people don't pray? Because it's really not that enjoyable to them. Come on. <laughs> right? It's, 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 prayer is boring. How do I pray? It's boring. But it's because prayer was not intended to be just a list of things you go down. We all got the prayer list. Prayer lists are good. They're all fine, right? We got to pray for people. You know? We got to pray. And it's, the, it's just whatever. You can pray about a hundred things. You know, pray for, you know, my little nephew's toe. Pray for my, my aunt's, you know, she had, she's feeling a bum knee. And those are all good things. Pray for those. But when you're done with the list, what's, what's next? 
you forget, you, you run out of, we've, we've lost the intimacy with the Father. Prayer is not a list, it's a person. Put your focus on the person, our Father, heaven, who is holy. Isaiah, here, here's what I believe. That's why prayers, it, prayer is not enjoyable to people because they've become okay with unanswered prayers. And that's the easiest way to kill, kill your joy to pray. Well, if God didn't answer my prayer, then, well, is it really worth it? Isaiah 56, 7, it says, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. There is joy for you when you pray. Listen, God, God wants to, I'm going I'm to just talk to us just flat out and, and we're going to stand here in like two minutes. If you're, if, you, if you're not ready, get ready. If you're not ready, get ready. If you don't believe, there's a return coming. Go read the word. The Lord is coming back. He's returning. People, get ready. We, we must get ready. We need to encourage each other in love. He says, encourage each other in love. Don't go around blaming people like, what are you doing? You, and then holding up signs and saying, you sinner, you're doing this and that. No, 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 listen. But for God so loved the world, he sent his son. God is sending you. He's saying, you need to go into the world and tell people about my love and let them know that there is a return. The king is coming back. We must, we must get ourselves ready. God is looking for a people who are hungry. We can't just talk about revival. We can't just say, oh, I'm, I'm just hoping for God to do something, but yet not act on anything. If he is real and if you believe in him, he's calling us in this hour. He's saying, stand up, get ready, because I'm about to explode. We were at the movie yesterday, and Dave was, it was saying a, a picture. Not me, Dave, not that Dave. We got a bunch of Daves. So there was a Dave talking, and he was saying, this is what he sees. He got this picture of the Lord, almost like Mount St. Helens. You know, guys, anybody was around when Mount St. Helens exploded? Okay, he said it was, it was this picture of that, and it was pulsing. And God was getting ready to explode. And guess what? He's, and it, it, there was a vision of here that something was going to break here. People get ready. Because it doesn't matter what they, who, what people look like. God is for all. He is for all. There is, there, is, there is no shame when you come to the Lord. We want to invite people. If you know someone who is lost, this is a place for them to experience freedom. Point blank. There is freedom in the Lord. doesn't matter their background. There's freedom in the Lord. And so we want to get them in the presence of the Lord to experience that freedom. Amen? Let's stand up. I believe the, the, the reason why I'm, I'm talking about this movie is because it's going to stir your faith. It's just going to stir your faith. 
you, you, if you, please make plans, make plans, seven o'clock, go to this movie. God is, he loves your family. He loves your career, your dreams. He does love that. But more than anything, he's coming back, guys. This is, this, we serve a living God. Could he work through Othello? Could he work through these, this little city? Yes. And we have more than enough. Even with three or four sold out, the Lord says, I'm, com- I'm coming where I'm wanted. And I just want you to know that's our heart. Lord Jesus, we love you. Continue to stir in us a hunger for revival. We're asking for rain. Come pour out your spirit, God. Come shake our land. Come shake our churches. For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord and confesses their faith in the blood of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, to pour out your spirit on their building. On all the churches who confess in the name of the Lord, we ask you, Lord, in our city right now, as churches meet this morning, as they meet on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Next Sunday, we're asking you to move, not only here, but in every church. There would be a unity of the Spirit in all churches who declare Jesus as Lord. Lord, and we vow, this is what I want us to pray. We're going to pray Ephesians 4. We're going to pray this verse, Ephesians 4, chapter 4. It says, as, as a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. We each have a calling. And we're going to pray this. Repeat with me. Father, as a prisoner of you, I vow to live a life worthy of the calling I've received. Making every effort to keep the unity of peace through your spirit. Use me, God, to bring revival. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God some praise. He's making all things new. It does not matter what we look like, the bunch of people we, you know, we're all different. We all look different. We all come from different backgrounds. He's just saying, I just want people who are hungry. I just want people who are hungry. And I believe he's stirring up a hunger. And it's time to feast. Break up your fallow ground. Listen, that voice that's saying, the Lord's saying, I need you to get rid of that. Get rid of it. Find a time and a place and spend time with the Lord. This isn't isn't just hoopla, rah-rah, whatever. This is it. We're going after it. And as a church body, we are stronger together. Amen? Amen.